Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, hey, listeners. This is your friendly reminder at the top of the episode to join our Patreon. We just had one new patron join the party. It's me, Kia, or Kaya. Girl, message me. I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name. Welcome to the party. As you know, patrons, you will be able to see those visual interviews that we love, and some more visual content is coming soon to the Patreon. But also, we do a book giveaway at the end of the month. This month, we are giving away the book Binti. We did a very early episode on Binti and you will enjoy it. I still remember everything about that book by Nadia Okorafor. So be sure to join our Patreon by visiting the episode notes. Now let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci under the Believe Podcast Network. It's a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page in this marriage. Today for episode 60, we will be reviewing the 2019 film Atlantics or Atlantique. Um, It is a French film. Well, it's not a French film. I shouldn't say that. The director is... um, Senegalese, and I think she speaks French as well because of, you know, colonization and things like that. No, uh, she's French. She's French also. Yes. Okay. She, yeah. Well, it's it's confusing, but I'm sure France colonized Senegal. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not like no, her, completely she's like, illiterate. Um, like second generation. Her. And so she would go back to Senegal quite a bit. And she, you know, she could tell in an interview I heard uh, her say, that she could choose to tell the story through a French lens, like that would be legitimate. But she also spent a lot of time in Senegal and she decided to focus her attention on Senegal. So, yeah. Which we love. And so I just do want to let people know this director does have a name. The director's name is Mati Diop. Um, and so we're going to be reviewing this film, Atlantics or Atlantique. Um, it was at Cannes and it did really well. Um, and it won the Grand Prix Award, which other films that won that award were The Lobster, <laughs> we love, Pulp Fiction, Parasite, and Okja. We've seen all of those movies. Yeah, yeah. I only put the ones that we saw because sometimes you don't feel included in the podcast because I tend to know more than you. So I, I was intentional. Wow. This is happening now. Yeah. At the top of the show. No, yeah, at the top of the show. Also, uh, I don't know if like they this want attitude. it. I, yeah, yeah. I have a good attitude. So you do. I'm, I'm including you. Are you sure? Are you yeah, sure you so want to be the, here today? The four films that I mentioned, I don't think I don't I don't know if all of them won, but at least they were like nominated. The very, right. The very least. Well, we love the. I mean, you know, we we know the girls, Pulp Fiction and the like, The Lobster, Good Time, um, Parasite just won. So like high quality shit right here is what we're talking about. And this movie gave us fucking chills. It did. But before we get into the movie, Benjamin, Mister Already Got an Attitude, what two minutes and fifty seven seconds into the motherfucking podcast? How are you doing today? I don't have an attitude. You're projecting, and I. I mean, I'm. I'm okay. Like I'm. Uh, I guess you you've been down my throat a little bit and like not in a hot way, not in like a tongue twisting kind of way, and it's just been really hard. You know, this morning has been tough because you just had really high expectations for everything. For example, you asked for a salad, and I put together wow, a salad. That for you. is like high level shit. No poached eggs. No I asked po- for a salad. I put together a salad for you. Wait, pause. Tell people. I bought that salad at the Mariano's. And I mixed it up. All I wanted you to do was toss it while I, I was it. dealing with an, uh, a tech issue. Yeah, I tossed it and then there was pecans in it and I had to go and put the vinaigrette in it. So I tossed it appropriately, put you know the right amount of vinaigrette and I give it to you and you're like, oh, wait, 
there's no pecans in this. And I was like, there are. There just wasn't as many as you wanted. So you went into your backpack and got glazed pecans, which if I knew they were there, I would have put more in. But you didn't ask. And it seemed to like, you know, it, it, it's like a, it's like a thing, you know, um, you, you tend now, to be you a little bit I more like negative. you know I like a crunch. You know I like a crunch. I know, but you could have said thank you. I did, I did say thank you. You Maybe. don't hear the thank you. So you feel like since I asked you to toss the salad, it was like, where the pecans at? I don't even know why I said it like that. That's how you said it. I, I asked for, like, where are the pecans? I was definitely looking forward to those. And because of that, oh, yeah. I, I see the negative. And then you were mad at me because I forgot the charger at my school. And I, I didn't – there's not enough Define space on my uh, storage for my phone. Define mad at you. Are these minor inconveniences or like, because I feel like when people say like, oh, Gucci, you all right? I feel like people will be like, oh my God, Amber's mad at Ben every day. Like I'm flipping tables. Like if I say, damn, why you forgot your charger at school? That's me being mad at you. No, no. It's that one statement. It's just, you tend to point out the negative before you start seeing the positive. And right. then, you, then you have to you have to notice. You're like, oh wait, you did do all these positive, amazing things, and you're like a great husband. But that's always secondary. It's sort of the grace note. And you tend to dwell on the the negative things I point out. Why don't Why don't you tell the good people? I found out this week we we did a cameo um, for some people. If you're not familiar, we're on cameo. If you ever need some birthdays, divorces, watch. You see how that I did that shameless plug there. So we recorded a cameo for someone's mom, and so to make it fun, we tried to like tell funny stories about each other's mom. It was in that cameo that I discovered that Ben and my mom got drunk one time at 9 a.m. to do what? Talk about me and all my faults. Yeah. It, well, no, we were just talking about the shared trauma we had. Uh, growing, trauma. Like growing, you know, being with you as you grow and develop. And, you know, because you, you're very particular. Over wine. You're very particular at times. We noticed that, you know, you could get be given a, a glass full and you'd say, this glass is empty, you know, sometimes. First of all, the glass need to be washed. Oh, yeah, you'd say something First about the glass. First of all, the fingerprint, the, the, the smudges. The glass would be dirty or something, you know. You could get a, a full glass, and it would look dirty or But I make like you better, that. no? I mean, yeah, it's great. I always like, I I always mean, like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, also, I, I love that Marsha Thomas is in on this conversation because she is the queen of, of good is the enemy of great. Who, who do you think taught me that? Yeah. You would you, bring home a report card with with seven A's on it and a B plus, and she'd be like, what's this about? Yeah. You've almost good as the enemy of great is a cliche almost, or like don't applaud a fish for swimming is something you like to say. Right. It's very, it's very like demeaning kind of language, you know? And, and as a man, as a white man, like my ego is just really <laughs> fragile. <laughs> so, and so I need constant, starters that should never exist. You I know, as a white man affirmation because, you mm. know, it's just very difficult and For the you. climate right now, and right? Your you know, we're we're no longer having. All right, so that's a whole um, a bit from White Lotus. Yeah, there's a, a great HBO show that Amber and I um, have been watching, and there's a bit where the mom is sort of defending her son, who's this white like, boy. Well, it's hard to be a white guy these days. Everybody oh. hates you. What, what is he supposed to do? Yeah, it's pretty great. That's not really how my I feel. Yeah, you'll be all right. Anyway, how are how are you today? You got some lashes. 
I do. I did get my lashes redone. Talk to us I'm, about it. Yeah, eyebrows, right? You heard something bad about eyebrows. I like, know, Ben. So as much as I love being pregnant and I'm carrying life and aren't you great that you're continuing the roots and the seeds and the green grass grows all around, all around. It's, it's beautiful. But there are so many things you can't do when you're pregnant. One of which I recently found out was get your eyebrows microbladed. I was really going to hope you said one I recently found out was you can't drink. That would have been funny. <laughs> if I just like recently found that out. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You can't drink. Or it's like, okay, the drinking, fine. You get over that. Or uh, sometimes the sushi. So I'll just do like veggie rolls instead of the sashimi that I used to love doing. Like, that's fine. Uh, I do decaf coffee now. Every now and then I'll do the regular coffee, whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, or the other day I was like, can I ride a bike while pregnant? You just, you just look up yeah. everything. Can I bleach my hair while I'm pregnant? So one thing I found out was that uh, there is this procedure where you can get like permanent makeup. It's almost like a tattoo where you can get your eyebrows microbladed, which is a dream for someone like me who needs to sometimes be camera ready. Even though I don't put on a whole bunch of makeup, I'm like, let me just like look like I have a fresh face. Um, so I was really excited to possibly get this procedure done and do a full YouTube blog review on it. I found this great eyebrow girl, a black girl in Chicago. And I was like, hey, can we work together? I'd love to do a feature on you. She's like, this is great. I love this. One thing, you can't get your eyebrows microbladed because you're pregnant. Whoops. And I was like, what do you mean one thing, friend? Like, that's that was the, the, whole, the only that's the thing. Whole thing. Did I ever tell you about that time, sidebar? Did I ever tell you about that time I went to the Art Institute downtown and uh, I was looking for parking. This is like early Chicago me, right? Driving to the Art Institute downtown. I was looking for parking. Rookie. I know, right? And uh, I went up to this parking deck and the guy comes out and he's like, hey, ma'am, we got, you know, just to let you know before you park your car here, like it's cash only. And I was like, what? Like, come on, it's 20 at that point, 16. Like, what do you mean cash only? He's like, yeah, sorry, that's how this lot is. So I go to a bank, come back with the cash. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you. Welcome back. He's like, one quick thing. We don't have any spots left. And I was like, my nigga, like, what you mean you ain't got no spots left? (laughs) That's all you do. That's the only function of a parking lot. I was like, did you know you didn't have any spots left when I went to get this cash? He was like, yeah, I just, you know, I forgot. I was like out of my way, that's, that's Negro. Something, okay, that's something yes. I would do. And I think to be fair, like, you know, even though... Like one quick thing. It, well, it's just like, you know, not very aware, which is sometimes you tend to be very critical. But I think you just feel the need to be because I can be a little bit oblivious or, or but something. But that's all you do. Or one time I went to a pizza spot and they were like, hey, what's up? We're open just so you know we're out of cheese. Wait, you went to a wait? What? This was this happened to me one time. I was in I was in high school. Like oh, me and yeah. my I friends was like, this walked into be, this pizza this shop. This has to be no, Georgia. This is, this is like Georgia. backwoods. Georgia. We walked into like a pizza. I shouldn't even call it a pizza shop. It was like a pizza buffet. And they were like, "Hey, it's been a good night so far, but just so you know, we're out of cheese." You're a pizza shop. Yeah, that. Yeah. So they were like, "Well, the salad bar's still open. We got noodles over here. We got uh, you know, garlic bread. It just doesn't have cheese on it." I was like, "We." That's all you do. That is what pizza, it's bread, sauce, and cheese. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I hate when people one quick thing me. It's like, hey, welcome to the movie theater. One quick thing, all the cinemas are down. So One quick thing. Yes. One quick so, thing sounds like 
as something, uh, the name of a podcast. Bury that. So that's, or uh, even last week with this fucking pregnancy, there was this audition that was like, if you get this audition, you'll be required to do some adventurous things like hiking, bike riding, swimming. And I was like, hey, like how adventurous are these things going to get? Just so you know, I'm pregnant. And he was like, oh yeah, we can't. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, so I'm very grateful, but I'm sort of grieving the loss of like basic tasks. Like everything you do when you're pregnant, you have to like Google it first. Mm. Like, can I water a plant while pregnant? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, before we get into the show, let's see what some people out in these Apple podcast streets have to say about us. Y'all still, oh, y'all still love us. Y'all been giving us these Apple podcast review. Did you just get guilty right then? About all the things I can't do while I was pregnant. You just gave me a look. Well, okay. So, you know, we sort of had a, not I mean, not an argument, just a discussion yesterday about, mm-hmm. I really wanted to go see this band, uh, the local Chicago band, Glad Rags. They just dropped an album. People should go check it out. It's, it's a good album and it's supporting local Chicago music. And I wanted to go to the hideout and because I'd never been, you had been before. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't want to go. And I was like, fine. So I like texted like three people and they're all busy because it was day of. And that's how I do things Mm -hmm. impulsively. That's your favorite day of the week. And you're like, fine, I'll go. But you're like, I don't want to go to these things because you have to like, you know, I can't drink at these things. And sometimes these type of events, you just got to get drunk because there's a lot of shenanigans. And so we go. And Ben's like, no, it won't be like that. Yeah, just we, enjoy the oh music. Oh, my God. It was, we go and like this just like the whitest white girl, you know, late 20s, just being loud and drunk and obnoxious. And all her friends. Same and all her friends. Uh, I think there was one Indian woman. Yes. Young well, woman. I, I couldn't even look their direction because I was yeah, just Amber like. Yeah, Amber was just like okay. so fed up. But the loudest definitely were, were the white girls. And I was like, oh, But God, they I deserve, feel... they're young. They should be yeah, out yeah, drinking yeah, yeah. it loud. You're... That's why I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, this, it definitely reminded us like early stages where I didn't like doing that type of stuff. And mm-hmm. I would go out with you and you would have really great rowdy friends. And I was like, whoa, this is loud and a lot. Mm-hmm. and just energetic which is fine i'm okay with that um but tell the people i went though yeah you know you you did go I did. Um, and we, we fell asleep within 15 minutes of the band playing and then the band was singing poorly i was like you know what the I, saving so, grace will be this band they're gonna kill it they're okay. so talented and then the I, singing was god awful yeah okay to be fair i think there was a feedback issue like i don't think no. the singers could hear themselves well put your hand to your ear a la mariah carey don't no there's no excuse well i did like the band you can list their spotify yeah, they're, great. they're great they're good but people have a bad set it's yeah. just unfortunate that it happened to be at the night where you didn't really want to go out the opener was great <laughs> opener nika, nika opener had vocals all day yeah and it was just a guitar and and but it was she kind of wasn't the vibe. She gave like a coffee shop vibe when people were like drunk. Like, yeah. When an audience has to be like, shh. Yeah, there's some, there was, there was <laughs> another group, again, like really young. It was a very like diverse crowd overall. For sure. And uh, there was a young group, probably, you know, early 20s, probably still in college and, you know, 21, 22. And they were so drunk and loud and 
dancing as and, they should be yeah. i was but you hope. were pregnant and you did not i thought this was going to be a much more chiller yeah. type like of pregnant vibe. sitting on a bar stool is like get me out of here i felt like, guilty that's no, why no, yeah shouldn't. i felt I, I a little guilty yeah yes did you stop me from watching harry potter and the goblet of fire yeah yes. but we came back and finished it so it was yeah. cool. no well you didn't finish it you fell asleep all right it. anyway apple podcast remember if you leave us a rating on apple podcast we will read it on the show so get smart just plug your business in there we don't give a fuck we we love support y'all's businesses okay this one is from the the handle name is nothing feels better i love it wow i watched these two on tiktok and decided to check out their podcast and any app i switch to these two will still be funny and entertaining we love to see it please if you follow us on one platform follow us on others because we try to give you different content on each of those platforms secondly this one is from mariah alicia adopt me i love you both so much this podcast is one of those things that gets me through my nyc morning commute i'm so grateful to be able to live during the same time as you both and hear the insightful things y'all have to say keep blessing us all icons we're grateful wow. to live at the same That's time as you so too. sweet it is like, right yeah i feel like that about some things it's just like oh my gosh i'm so glad i was alive for this happening you know yeah like no. the fact that our kid will never be able to see Live through a pandemic. Whitney Houston on oh. stage or yeah. I was even thinking about that the other day I was like wow this kid that we're about to have will never know a world without masks like they're gonna look mm, at a video yeah. and be like why are y'all not wearing masks so bizarre but we love that Mariah Alicia and all of you remember tis free of charge to leave us an Apple podcast rating so be sure to do that if you get a chance yeah help us reach our goal of 1000 1k before 2022 which we love. Um, we're currently at 339 ratings. So <laughs> very reachable goal is what we're talking yeah. about here. Standards. You do have standards. I mean, look who you married. Anyway, let's get into this incredible film that gave us goosebumps. Like it started a little slow because we're fucking idiot Americans. And sometimes foreign films can feel slow. And then we were like, Fuck us. This is a work of art. Uh, before we talk about it, I just want to say it takes a certain level of mindfulness to watch foreign films. Don't you agree? Uh, it, yeah, I guess, can, it, I, I, guess it, I guess it depends what kind of foreign film, right? Like you could watch a, you know, an action packed foreign film that moves really, really quickly and you don't even mind or like Squid Game potentially. Yes. Like, is well, that, this is what I mean. Is a foreign kind of film i think an art film right well i so you know i'm a yogi so i my definition of mindfulness is having to do like when you're doing a task or doing a thing you can only do that thing like you have to be very mindful and i feel like we live in this world now where i can do i can watch a show and do my dishes and be reorganizing my external hard drive and do like I can do five things at once whereas when I'm watching a foreign film like every time you know I'm pregnant so I have to use the bathroom every 30 seconds every time I went to the bathroom I was like can you pause it because I, I I will miss key parts because I I have to read the subtitles which I love I would be careful saying like foreign film I think the the foreign films that make it over here and okay. sort of are given to us are more of like art kinds of film more like literary kinds of films like foreign films well, or just a, a film anything that's in a not different made language. In, Sorry. Yeah. I, I meant a, a film in a language that is not native to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, you, that's you're a, reading subtitles and you yes, have to be. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Like, remember when the movie first started and we were, we were on our computers trying to type notes about the movie and I was like, I actually just have to stop 
and watch it because yeah. the minute I put my head down to type notes, I've missed some key dialogue and we have to run it back. And that's just not how we're used to watching TV. That's what I meant by foreign. I meant just in a different language, a foreign language. Right. I think, yes, that makes sense. There are other films, though, that are not foreign films. They're made in the U.S. And you should also not take notes or be doing other things. You sort of have to sit right. down and pay but attention I like carefully. That. I like that I need to like give my undivided attention to mm-hmm. a film because I'm so like that is a a skill that is not currently trained in me right now. Yeah, I think mindful films or like is sort of a, a phrase that I'm going to start thinking about. Like, yeah, you know, like you my reading watch doesn't even film. have to be like that yeah. these days. Like I could listen to the audiobook while washing dishes, while walking the dog. Mm, interesting. So like whenever we get a book on the show that doesn't have an audiobook, I'm like, I'm frustrated initially because I have to be more mindful which is ultimately better for me. Yeah, you have to sit and be at peace. And it's hard for you to be at peace. As we talked about earlier it's in the show. It's hard for everybody to sit still. I Sitting think for you, particularly skill, for you, you, you tend to be very critical of the world in general and tend to be like, move, 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 action, action, action. Yeah, but action. it's hard for people to like, you know, going back to the yoga kick, it's hard for people to just sit down and meditate. Yeah. For like five minutes. A yeah. five minute meditation feels like hell. Like sitting silently with your thoughts feels impossible. And if you don't think it feels that way, let's do it after the show. Uh, I'm good. See? Why? Why are you good? You ain't got five minutes? Uh, no, I got to get ready for my game club. Oh, bullshit. All right. Why don't you give a, a plot synopsis of Atlantique or Atlantics? Yeah. So it's Atlantics um, or Atlantiques. The plural is important. Okay. Uh, it's, it's intentionally I like, pluralized. Did I just say? Okay. I got yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this film follows the construction of this very futuristic building in uh, Dakor, which is sort of the the one of you know the main city in Senegal, and the workers are not being paid, and because they're not being paid, they decide to, you know, move and try to go across um, up the Atlantic to Spain to find a better life for themselves. Oh, spoiler alert. All the spoilers are coming. Yeah, spoiler alert. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, traveling on the Atlantic Ocean, it's a fucking ocean. uh, They crash and die and come back um, possessing uh, the women that they left behind. Girlfriends, um, I think in some cases, maybe like sisters, just family members and sort of haunt the man who's building this, the billionaire who's building this massive building futuristic building uh so that you know they could give him uh give their family money their wages it's like four months of wages yeah that, that just weren't paid yeah to them. that were not paid so the, the the film opens with them sort of like being like where's our money where's our labor like we've we've been working for you for months like pay us today yeah yeah and so it centers around ada who's the um the girlfriend of one of the men solomon who left uh, who left her and Dakor and she sort of has, you know, goes back and um, he comes back to haunt her and um, it's sort of about their relationship. It's also about Ada sort of learning to come into herself as a young woman and yeah, that's, that's the film. Yeah. And Ada's at the beginning of the film, she's betrothed to this man named Omar, who is well off and rich. She obviously doesn't want to marry him because she's in love with Solomon, but they, we, they do have a wedding and, you know, their families sit down and talk. It's, it's more of like a family arranging them to be married and 
having her undergo a virginity test, which was the first time I had heard of that. I know that this has probably been a thing in several cultures, but it was still super like cringy to listen to that dialogue. And Yeah, it's something that we've talked about before. It's like there are certain cultural things that are culturally done because they've always been done, but they're just terrible kinds of things. Yeah, so like, like female circumcision. Yeah. I'm like... Maybe I sound like I'm being insensitive to your culture, but fuck that. Like, that is oppressive. That part of your culture is oppressive. Yeah, it's so fascinating, though, how people sort of do these um, these gymnastics, uh, these sort of psychological gymnastics to justify or sometimes, you know, language, gym- linguistic gymnastics to justify what they believe. So when I was in Cairo, I sat down with young Egyptian men who are my age, and they were talking about some of these different cultural practices. And one of them being, uh, you know, female um, mutilation, uh, circumcision. And of course, you know, because they're men, they talk about these things. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, the point being is that they were explaining that actually, no, like, they don't carve off all of the clitoris they only carve off part of it and Mm -hmm. i should give a spoiler uh, not a spoiler a trigger warning a trigger warning (laughs) because we're talking but this is how it was explained to me and it's like no it actually makes them feel better and i remember like all the um uh the men like the 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 men the young men in my program were you know in our 20s we're just like looking at each other it was definitely one of those moments we're like wow like we don't want to be disrespectful, but, but like, um, fuck that how do you know how a like, you know, female, um, you know, circumcision <laughs> provides better female pleasure if you don't have literally a, a clitoris or a vagina, right? So that's a very basic mm-hmm. question. And the thing is, like, we can look at these things, whether virginity tests, and sort of be appalled by this as Americans, but then again, we also have to put the mirror on ourselves. And sort oh, of that's think my about favorite all, thing to do. <laughs> all, all the things culturally that we do that, that we just Amber's accept as, as a norm, right? It's like this oh, is a, a, a norm. So yeah, th- there are definitely things that you learn about Senegal, Senegalese um, culture that um, can be like a little triggering. For sure. And I, I think one of the most... Um, like, I, I feel like an idiot for feeling this way, but, like, the labor laws in other countries is so jarring to me. Um, and I know people love to be like, well, in America, minimum wage is trash, blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, it's very uncommon in America to work for four months and not get paid for it. Only actors <laughs> have to work under that. It's like, we'll pay you in 90 days. Here's a net 90. Here's your check, bitch. And it might not come then. But, like... If you were working at Mariano's for four months, you would never not get paid. Like most people get paid once a month, every two weeks. So it's super shitty that in these other countries, they're like, they can't have unions. Like if you try to start a union, you would be murdered, which used to be here in the States, like labor unions and laws. Like there was definitely uprisings a long time ago. But right now, like it's not uncommon to work at a job that has a a fully functioning union. Yeah, but they are under fire, like. For sure, but Both nobody's by, getting murdered. Yeah, I, you know, like when like I looked up like top worst countries for labor, and people are being like sexually abused, and mm-hmm. there's you know sweatshops, and, and and it blows my mind that you could endure all of that shit. And and in the states, it's like, well, I'll just call HR if I got like like if I email my boss in the states, 
saying like, hey, I need a mental health day. And they're like, fuck your health day. I Like that's an HR report. Like and it's kind of nipped in the bud. You can get severance pay and things like that. Um, yeah, for some jobs. I, I Again, but, like yeah, you got to be you got to right. be careful with this. All right, you never know. You know, well, there's that, always, I'm, I'm there's sure there are exceptions. migrant workers in like enslavement and trafficking in the States, but that's yeah. not common practice as it is in some countries. Yeah. It's the, like, yeah, that's just how it is here. The other thing, there's a line where uh, the men are trying to get their wages and they're like, I have, I am in so much debt that I don't go home until after night so that I'm not stopped in the street. Like I sneak back home so I'm not caught. And we're like, oh my gosh, like debt in some places are, is ridiculous astronomically high like after watching squid game like debt is huge huge um whereas in america you can still fully function with debt like and your debts from i mean not all cases right like your car might get repoed or something but like everybody i know my age that i interact with has student loan debt and we're all fucking at brunch you know like it's different it's different debt yes for sure but at the same time you know, something that Amber and I looked into was like, what is some of the, the the cultural norms in the U.S. that sort of go underneath our radar? And one of them is prisoners prison. leave mm-hmm. prison in debt. Like, From all the and, legal and fees. Some, and... Yeah. And some of them more so in which they entered, obviously, and astronomically so. And so I think like it... When you watch this film, I think the tendency might be like, oh my gosh, like look at these like terrible, terrible conditions. But I find that sort of an opportunity to start reflecting in what ways do we do this? In what ways yeah. are the, the social issues that are being specifically addressed within the Senegalese context can then be um, reflected on on our own? And, For sure. And I think she does, Maddie Diop does a really great incredible job on that also the soundtrack is bomb Mm -hmm. like it is so so haunting and chilling and the woman uh who did it um fatima el kadiri she actually grew up in kuwait when saddam was invading it okay and then she moved over to the u.s but a lot of her music is this like electronica type of music and when um, Maddie Diop was writing the script for this. She was listening listening to Fan- uh, Fantoma's music, and then she reached out to Fantoma's, like, "Hey, can you write the original score for this film that I'm doing?" And so it, they're very much feeds into each other, mm-hmm. and um, sort of looking at like national trauma, like these this national uh, event where um, Senegal, due to both like you know. Arab invasion, you know, became Muslim and then French invasion was, uh, you know, colonized and sort of it's trying to like discover itself and redefine itself instead of just leaving Senegal and, you know, trying to go to a different place, you know, whether it's Europe or America. And I think this film becomes this like really fascinating, um, uh, you know, meditation on that. But yeah, and, I mean, I wanted to after watching that, it like made me want to travel. Oh, and go to yeah. Senegal. It 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 just did such a great job with this like bell curve of uh, like musically plot. Why I know every plot follows a bell curve just about, but like I I remember feeling at the beginning of the movie the pacing was a little bit slow. And then when it picked up, it was like, boom, boom, boom. Like there were no wasted shots, camera shots. There was no wasted dialogue. And the thing I really enjoy about whenever we watch these films, I felt the same way about Kati Kati is you don't need a whole bunch of pomp and circumstance to show like demon possession and things like that. Like 
I'm sure they had a great budget for this, but all they really needed was like a set of colored contacts and some good fucking actors, you know? Whereas if this film was made in America, it would have like the CGI and the, like, she just did a good job of like, the sun is going down. This is now when it's happening. Whereas in America, it would be like five o'clock, four o'clock, three o'clock. It's just like, like she did a really great job. Like, what do you mean by that? Five o'clock, four o'clock? Like, I, I feel like every, like when I see American films, we, we, we over give information sometimes. It's like that, that scene didn't need to go there. Like we got the point, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes there are extras in there. Yeah. I think like main, mainstream films for sure. Yeah. It, it's not a, it's obviously not like a, an American film or or a U.S. or a Hollywood film in the very, at all really but even i think like it's not an independent film an american independent film because you know as a possession film because that's what this is i was expecting someone to like die i mean people die but i was expecting like murder i was like i want some murder i want some bloodshed we don't even need all that there was not one bloodshed scene or even when this boat capsized and all of these uh should i call them migrant workers all of these workers that were traveling to, to Spain. I mean, immigrants. Immigrants. All these immigrants that were traveling to Spain to get better work. We didn't see any of the scenes where the boat was rocking and then it broke and then everybody was lost at sea. We didn't have to see that. Like, the words were so effective and the storytelling was so well done that we we felt the effect and we felt the grief and we felt the loss of those men. Yeah, so when we learn about the details of their death... Uh, it is when they've all come back possessing their girlfriends um, or, you know, their family members. And they're telling this story to a different character, mm-hmm. Dior, who owns a bar and sort of, you know, she's a woman who's basically taking care of herself within this, you know, um, Muslim, uh, you know, society, uh, which is patriarchal, like every single society in the world. And um, she's hearing this story and I don't, I don't remember the last time I cried at a film. I don't think I've cried at a film for like a year. You know, this in that scene, it actually, okay, it actually made me. I definitely <laughs> cried. It was you did, right. It was very, very offensive. effective. And it is so. This is a perfect example of like people say, show don't tell. But if the telling is done with enough emotion, because there was and enough context and enough context, it becomes appropriate. There's lots of situations where telling lots of books just tell. Like I recently read Foundation by Isaac Asimov. The whole book is just telling. Telling. It's just telling. It's still a good fucking book. I love it. And but I got to know the probably the narrator and their context and their story. Prime example, horrible example. I finally caved and watched Cruella because we did hit our Kickstarter goal, and they're showing how. A, a character died like they showed everything and it was so ineffective i was like i don't even know who this person is so i don't really care like i'm not feeling the the weight of their I, i'm obviously like i should care when people die but like when you kill a character well, at the top know, of the show you? when you kill a character at the top of the show who i don't know anything about it's hard to feel that whereas ben was just being told some characters died but we we their, that their death meant so much more because we knew them intimately and we knew through, their struggle through it through a different character through like, a different character. So we but we I'm know saying we, we learned about Solomon. Yeah, yeah, so, we did. So we did feel their struggle and their desperation, and that's why when we discovered that they had passed, it was like, 
damn, it wasn't just solely men. It was all of them. And um, it, it was a really real moment. Let's take a quick break, yeah? Hey, folks, it's Amber. I told y'all that Ben and I are making a movie, right? No, nasty. Not that kind of movie. We're making a documentary, documenting our entire pregnancy. And also, we're going to be using that same equipment to just keep improving the quality of our YouTube channel, Wild Wild Love. So where do you come in, right? Right. Well, you can come in by donating to our Kickstarter. Now, we have already met our Kickstarter goal. I'll be honest about that. But we always welcome any overflow so that we can pay our animators, our musicians. The sky is the the limit we want to keep bringing you more content so we can do things like you know bring you visual episodes of the sci-fi sci podcast i was able to clear all the storage space on my phone thanks to the camera i bought with your kickstarter dollars so thank you for investing in our family and you can find the kickstarter link in the episode notes okay let's get back to the show all right and we are back let's talk about uh, um the ending scene when they confront this guy who's not paying them. Ooh. Because like we, I fully expected the men who come back and possess the women, uh, their girlfriends, to kill this guy. But first they sort of give him a warning. And I was like, okay, they, they gave didn't kill his him. ass a warning. Yeah, gave his after ass they a lost, warning. After they, he didn't pay them for four months now. I, I was like, I want blood. And they died. So we were like, oh, they about to gut his ass. Yeah, I wanted blood. And then they come back to him uh, again and tell him, meet us at this graveyard and bring the fucking, bring the money you owe us. Which was like $32 million. It was something insane. Yeah, not um, not dollars per se, but like, you know, million. Whatever their currency yeah, yeah. was. Yeah. Well, yeah, 32 four, million to Four them. months. Four months of wages, right? Mm-hmm. And so he shows up to the graveyard. He brings the money. And they accept the money. And then we're like, okay, now now they're going to kill him, right? Because I think this is this is what you expect from, you know. When a, you're an American. <laughs> an American film. or <laughs> Where a US, are the guns? A US, the US, US film because, you know, South American films also can sort of like you know, flip the scripts yes. on that. So US US film, especially a horror or supernatural thriller, that's what you expect. And then instead of doing that, they they say Now dig our graves. Yeah. And so he they make him dig their graves. And of course no one is going to go into that grave because their bodies are lost at sea. But, but the symbolism of it, it was it was the first visual representation that I've ever seen of reparations in my life that was rightfully paid. And I turned to Ben and I said, how incredible would it have been or how impactful would it have been if every slave owner had to dig the graves of the slaves that they killed and of the slaves that they captured? How long would that take? And would that it's like holes the justice version it it you would i think that is the only way to really feel the weight of your consequences it's i, I like it to like you know have you you've ever been to one of those things where like uh every desk is laid out at a school shooting to just see a visual representation of like how many people this impacted or like tons of little shoes or the in Vietnam 
you know, or in the Holocaust, whatever. So if every slave owner had to not only pay reparations, but dig those graves and see how many families they impacted, like, I, I can't imagine how different, like, the fabric of this country would be. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe, but it's just like to see that. I I think what sort of surprised me was that this businessman who doesn't really spend a lot of time in Senegal, like he's, it's obvious that if you have a lot of money in this city, you don't really spend time there, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so even Ada, who um, marries Omar, her girlfriend at one point is like, you know, like, uh, don't worry about if you don't, you don't have to love him. He's in Italy, you know, nine months, nine, out, of the year. nine months out of the year. It's not really a big deal. And you get that same impression with this businessman. And it, it almost felt like this businessman when he's finally confronted with the consequences of his actions, there's this level of repentance that you don't really expect. I didn't expect it. Right. But he, he is repentant. He is sorrowful whether that's legitimate or he's just scared of shit that these women being possessed by men are going to fucking kill him. Like, yes, maybe, but it's still sort of switch those expectations, you know? Like, if I were to come back and, like, you know, confront the person who might have been responsible for my death, you know, and do a haunting... Well, first of all, you probably said I would, I'd be doing the haunting wrong if I were to... Get, yeah, you? Yeah. Like, if you died and then tried to come back to haunt me. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't would, be doing it right. I wouldn't even be doing I'm it like, right. But you're supposed to ride out the chains at 8 p.m. Like, we rehearsed. Why did we rehearse? <laughs> then you're supposed to hide under their bed. I can see your fucking leg. I, I would have to just coach you up on the whole thing. Anyway. <laughs> grab, grab. coffee mug. I, I probably wouldn't do it well. Uh, yeah, that that was a great, like, beautiful scene. It and was like retribution. Also, it, there's like a, a moment of really intense heart because these women who are being possessed don't have control of any of their body. They don't have control of their bodies, right? And when they go out walking at night to confront the businessman, they come back and their you know, feet are all bloodied. And when they wake up, they're absolutely terrified, right? Yeah, because they're like, and I fell asleep in my bed. Where, where are these foot wounds coming yeah. from? Yeah, and... Um, yeah, I learned a new word, Amerabout, which is sort of a Muslim holy man. But here's the here's the thing about like North African, um, you know, Islam. It is a little bit different than, you know, the Islam you get in Cairo. Like Islam is a diverse religion in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like in in the United States, we have like you know thousands upon thousands of just evangelical mm-hmm. um, denominations, which is not even like. It's just a one section of Protestantism, yeah. right? And then you have Lutherans, and then you have different Methodists. And so this idea that Islam is very, very diverse, which is like, you know, yeah. something, a good reminder, like watching this to understand, listen, Islam is a world religion. It has many different kinds of practice. And even so, this um, watching this movie, so I, I went into the movie thinking that it was a French film because it was called Atlantiques, the act, uh, the director is Senegalese, but French. So I was like, they're going to speak French. And even during the movie, there were times where they spoke, uh, what is it, Wolof? Yeah, that was mostly what it was in. But, but then, then they also spoke French, yeah. but then they also spoke a little bit of Arabic. So it, because I was like, he in just English. said Jim Appel, like that's French, but this other scene was not French or something. 
So this it's this blend of like four or five languages within this movie as well. And I think that that blend is also sort of carries over into religions. Right. So when they're basically what happens is that um, it Solomon is after he dies, uh, there's an investigation because some thing like houses are being set on fire. And so the police are starting to investigate whether Solomon, who is one of the men who, you know, tried to go across the Atlantic to get to Spain. And so there's a scene in which the police from Dakor calls the, uh, the, the, I guess, the police in Spain and they have a conversation in English, right? So English is yes. the, the international mm-hmm. um, language. And then uh, anything religious was Arabic because of, um, you, know, you know, Islam colonization. And then anything in official business was in French. So when the police co- commissioner is talking to the his lower the the detective they speak in french and then sort of you're you're chilling with your friends you're talking you'll speak in wolof but or i i hope i'm pronouncing it right but then you'll throw in like french words as well or sometimes you'll throw in an english word like wow or or something along the lines of that that. i'm so So, jealous of that yeah I, i think like be careful with like romanticizing um, I, I am always uh, going to assume people that can speak more than one language are smarter than me. Like, I know I'm romanticizing, I wanna, I wanna but it's like, that. I was even talking to my, um, the girl that does my eyelashes cause she speaks like two or three languages. And she was talking about her son who's a four year old. And I was like, does he speak all of the languages you speak? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, he's fucking four. And yeah. he can speak like Mandarin and Vietnamese and English. And he's just working different parts of his brain that I'm not working on a daily basis at well, may- four. Well, let's move to a different country. So I would the love ba- to. I'm just thoroughly impressed up. that like we like like America's the only country where it is not required of you to speak more than one language. A, yeah. a tons of Americans obviously speak different languages because but that is because of the the melting pot of cultures like yeah. i could totally just get away with speaking english i mean and then it's uh, those cultures are respected one and gatekept too whereas like in america if i go you know i talk to people that work one way and then i go to the cookout and code switch it's like well people that are like well now i'm at the cookout so i can code switch with you and it's just like it doesn't like work people. like that. Yes, white yeah. people. Sorry if that wasn't clear. Whites, the white people. So you're kind of just like, if this was any other country, this wouldn't be allowed because you literally could not access my language. Does it bother you when I speak Ebonics at the cookout, Amber? Is that what Do, you're Are you doing that? No, I, I'm just wondering, hypothetically. If you went to a cookout with me and tried to do the whole bit or- No, I would never. Th- I would never. Right. I mean, yeah. I would be doing it wrong. You would have something. You would give. Some I'd be criticisms. like the fuck. Yeah. I, I, it, it would just be there. I, or there's a difference between like you imitating it me being mis- southern mis- and sassy and whatever. Misappropriation is the term. Right. But or but racist. but black culture can't cannot be gatekept in the same ways because, like, you you speak the same language as me. I think it's also a problem. You'll have like. I've seen this where white people will start speaking Spanish and think because they speak Spanish, they understand right. the intimacy the of, yes. of, of Latin Latinx culture in which they don't understand, right? Like they don't right. understand that intimacy. You can think that you do, mm-hmm. 
uh, but but you don't. Yeah. And, but and also, so it's not like a unique. I don't think sure. it's a unique. I think it's a little bit. It's something that we see a lot in the U.S. Simply because I heard re- someone recently say like, "There's no U.S. culture. It's all been, or if there is a U.S. culture, it's going to be like African American, like." culture right yeah. that that's going to be the like culture black, culture is the, black culture, yeah. culture is the culture most you know whether it be everything from jazz to rock stems from you know you know black america and so i think we see that being stolen or uh, you know used simply because that's the context we're in but any i think it's like that in a lot of different places as well um yeah i just think it's real like even when we went to india and like the the average Indian person could speak at least four languages, and and obviously anytime you talk to someone who is uh, an immigrant or in that case native to the country, we were foreigners. They're like, well, we're required to because this person up here sells this thing, and if you can't speak his language, you can't buy it. So it's yeah. it's like we had to do this oh, out yeah, of that need. Was, yeah, we've had to learn these languages out of need, and I was just like, yeah, but there's a level of like you're better for it like you can you can understand one another man's language (laughs) i don't know is that me romanticizing it it is for sure because i went to a school and there was a bunch of german kids who came and they spoke german and english they were dumb as fuck so just because you like know multiple languages not dumb but i mean like you didn't at least think it was impressive that they could fully you didn't like think it was impressive that they could fully speak english I mean, yeah, it was it was cool and, and it inspired German. me. I was like, oh, but this is out of necessity. What did they do that was dumb to you? Um, uh, some of their like reasoning and logic when it came to um, uh, I'm trying to th- remember. Right. Like, this was specific- it dumb because they didn't co- follow a certain cultural faux pas? Or no, 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 actually- no, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't that. Um, we were. Mhm. So thinking back, you might have been the dummy. <laughs> no, I, I see the gears well, turning. Okay, so <laughs> one of my friends had like dated this guy from Germany, and he had some thought. Like they ended up breaking up because he cheated on her, and he had some like logic behind, like how relationships could be, and it was like pretty, you know, sexist and like illogical. The way he yeah, thought, yeah, but no more so than like your your average fuckboy in Wrigleyville. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's just because he spoke another language didn't make him more socially aware or socially intelligent or more logical when it came to like, you know, you know, um, how how someone should be treated if you're in a relationship with them. I agree. I'm not saying he's fucking Einstein, but I am saying like he is using different parts of his brain that I am not using. Is yeah, well, a, a let's, fucking... let's fix that. Let's yeah. start learning another language. Let's do it. I mean, you've been trying to learn Spanish for Evs. Yeah. Lots of your kids speak Spanish, right? Yeah. No, for sure. And it's, you know, a daily, daily experience. I mean, we all took Spanish, but it wasn't like something that it, it was an elective. It was like, whereas in other countries, you have to learn English. Like, well, yeah, you use it daily. So like trying to. Right. Or I took American Sign Language. And like the minute after I took the classes, I, I no longer had people to communicate with had like, and then the language for me just sort of died, which yeah. sucks. Um, well, yeah, because we don't have to use it. If you don't have to use it, then you won't use it and yeah. you won't continue to grow it and, and learn it. 
Um, but but you don't think that that is like uh, a privilege that we should reject or something? Uh, like we should be ha- like happy with that and satisfied I, with. I that? don't think I don't think we should be satisfied with it. I think you and should- wanting better and wanting what others can do is like romanticizing it is yeah is it a privilege not to have to learn other languages and learn yes yeah that yeah that's a privilege yeah i thought you were debating that just now or or or, maybe i'm tripping sound off and let me know what y'all think but yeah is it a privilege to have to learn other languages is that is that the privilege because you end up learning two languages or is it uh a, a way of um, you know, anxiety in which you have to learn how to code switch because every time you switch a language, you're also switching, um, you're code switching as far as like presentation and what's culturally appropriate because culture and language are, you know, inevitably intertwined. But there's a level of access that you have if you can speak three languages. Yeah. But it's also very, very difficult because depending on what context you're in, if you're speaking with an accent, that might open you up for, you know, um, uh, oppression or being made fun of. Which is so fucked up. Like, that's why I don't give a fuck when people are like, sorry, my English isn't that well. I'm like, yo, English. Bitch, you can speak Farsi, English. Like, I'm just impressed that you can you can do way more than me. Like, I'd rather uh, a heavy accent than my ass being able to like function for five minutes in your country like that's the reality yeah but if you talk if you you. if you were to talk to someone i had a coworker who talked about like the literally you know believed this this coworker believed that part of the reason they were passed over on promotions at time is that they spoke with a thick um, I, I Mexican Spanish oh, I'm accent. I'm not denying which, you know, it, but I think people need to get over themselves because, like, the fact that you can understand and comprehend, and you're doing your best to like translate, and I and I can't even meet you with some of the words. Like, people need to say like, "Fuck that." When it comes to people's thick accents, like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Anyway, um, really quickly, I do want to just jump into some size. We've been bad about recapping those at the end of the episode. So, um, do you have a side? I have one, but I just want to give you opportunity to go first. Yeah. I mean, the film is supposed to be about, um, Ada or Ada and she doesn't really get a whole lot of story. Like her story is defined by her relationship with Omar and her relationship with Solomon and Mm -hmm. her trying to find her own way. For example, like when she breaks up with Omar, who she is married with, she loses all the resources and then has to live with her friend um, Dior, who is uh, runs this bar essentially. But then she has to also get over um, her her love of Solomon, who is now dead. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I wish there was. I wish I knew like what she liked to do. I wish I knew. Um, you know, what were some of her passions? I, I didn't really know her as a character besides within the, the context of this, like, you know, um, society. And the ending scene is uh, finally she sort of um, makes peace with Solomon's passing. And she says, you know, I am Ada, but I I don't I didn't really know who that yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like, oh, we 
it w- this wasn't about yeah. you, girl. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, reading interviews um, with Maddie Diop, she she wanted to tell the story through the lens of a young woman, and I think by doing that, she's sort of showing the patriarchal nature of this society where she has to get a virginity test. She her her um her father at one point tells her mother like you raised you know at a wrong you if she was raised better this wouldn't be a problem yeah, you know just like taking that uh yeah mm. you don't really know her passions or what she wants to do or how she wants to define redefine herself within you know senegalese culture and so i wish we got more of ada's story the only thing I'll say is it didn't feel real. So Ada gets married to this really rich guy named Omar, right? And when you're rich, you're, you have power. And so at one point, um, Omar bails her out of jail. Yeah. And when she comes out, she's just like, leave me alone. Go. I'm, I'm going my own way. And he just was like, he was fighting. Like, he was grabbing her arm and saying, like, no, are you crazy getting in the car with me? We just got married. Like, I just got you out of jail. Like, come on. And she was like, no. Like, fuck you. And, and then he said something like, well, you wouldn't get me fucking hard anyway. And and he drives off. And that was the oh, last. Oh, yeah, you didn't give me a hard on, right? You didn't give me a hard on. You know, good comeback, bro. Um, got her. She doesn't even want to fuck you. But go ahead. At one point, Ben was like, I'm going to say that to you one day. And it's like. It won't be effective in a, in a like joking way. In a joking way, he said. We're, that. we're fighting. It's like you don't even give me a hard on. It's like, it's like okay, okay, girl. I don't care. Um, and so I just felt like he. I don't know. Maybe if it was an American film, which it was not, he would have been a little bit more vengeful. A little bit more like, I just paid for you to be my bride. You're with me. Like, let's fucking go. Like, not just in that scene, but like throughout the movie. I was waiting for Omar to sort of come back in the picture. Like, he bought her a phone. He married her. He had a whole bedroom set up for her. And then she left one day and he just didn't care. Like, that just felt a little bit displaced to me. Yeah, I think we're assuming that, um, like, a, a woman had more value within the culture of, like, this this story right like she she's completely maybe the maybe the director is trying to show like this young woman is completely you know dispensable like she she's just not oh she wants to go fine like she'll just live homeless out in the street which is basically what happens yeah like, her parents don't go looking for her because the right. only value I, I was like where are the like nobody gives a fuck she's just off the grid at this point i mean there's there's two ways we can see that as like a, a plot hole but i think pr- maybe the more accurate reading is that within this like culture like or within her family's religiosity like a a woman like that once she's married and then she leaves her husband because you can get a divorce like um this woman has no more value right which i think is pretty harsh yeah i I think that's one reading of it yeah it just didn't feel like i don't know like globally when men have power and they've paid for a dowry or whatever i just assumed he would be a little bit more like no fuck that like i'm getting you back like, i just thought there was going to be more attempts than just that parking lot scene but i mean ultimately like not all that's men what... are like me if you yeah. tried to leave i would try to get you back i don't know you would i mean depends don't act you when we used to fight back in the day you know we don't fight like that anymore because we live together our fights now are like me just going into the bathroom and coming back out in 20 minutes being like all right, I like you, yeah, motherfucker. But early Amber Ben, if I got upset with you, I would pick up that phone. It was all, it was missed calls, it was voicemails, you know. Yeah, I know. I still leave voicemails, and you know, I, I I don't. Most of the times we got over fights over like 
uh, I don't even know why. Probably because I was disorganized or I forgot to put something in the calendar. I think one Valentine, like I didn't <laughs> plan something for a Valentine's Day. And I think like, you had a lot of like, this is how men should treat women. So, <laughs> no. So, like, they should, is it know. that or it's just like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. I just thought you would do something special for me. You did it. Thanks for the I'm, Starbucks gift card. I mean, I don't subscribe to the okay. kind of like heteronormativity. Yes, but if I told Vomit. you like, yo, this is the day that I would like you to do something special for me. I don't want to hear that bullshit. Like we could go do something fun. Fair. Whatever. I love you. With that being said, Ben, why don't you warp up the show with your cute self? In conclusion, y'all should just watch this motherfucking movie. Mm-hmm. It's really great. I hope Maddie Diop makes more films. I hope more soundtracks are made um, as well. Uh, her collaboration with uh, Fatima Al-Qadiri, just absolutely amazing. You should uh, check out sort of a, a Guardian bio um, of uh, Fatima, the, the uh, 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 composer of this and yeah let's try that again (laughs) and that you should check out you know an article on fatima the composer also an interview uh that roger and ebert put on as well we'll put those in the show notes but yeah definitely go check this shit out it's amazing on netflix netflix two thumbs up two thumbs up way up thank you so much for listening to another episode of the sci-fi side podcast up next we are going to be reading a comic book y'all it's called hard ears and it's an afro-caribbean fantasy adventure graphic novel and comic by matthew clark and nigel lynch i'm also going to get to sit down with the authors and have an amazing discussion with sister sci-fi on instagram lives we will drop all that information for you so be sure to pick up hard ears i've been dropping pictures of what we have coming up for november read so check that out in the patreon and we will see y'all next week for the show bye y'all thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube